God bless the city of Rock Hill. Rock Hill is such a special place. They're going to know Rock Hill for more than Football City USA. Pathways, Indoor Center, Knowledge Park. It's just a wonderful time to be in Rock Hill right now. The city of Rock Hill is one of the only destinations that fully gets it. It builds world-class venues that are better than anywhere in the United States. Hello and welcome into CityCast, where we aim to keep you updated on all things City of Rock Hill. I'm Ashley Studebaker alongside co-host here, Matthew Cray, and we have two special guests with us today. Cameron Mitchell, welcome back uh, over the Workforce and Talent and Development, and we have Don Johnson today, the Bell Chair. So welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank yes. you. Happy to be here. Um, so... Don, we'll get more. We'll get more into the bell chair and what all that entails for you. But can you both just kind of go over, Cameron? I know you've done this, um, but just go over kind of who you are, where you're from, and how you got here. And and Cameron, since you've done this a couple times, yeah. just tell us how you got involved with Bell. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. there you so go. Everybody knows who you are. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A this woman is, of many traits. If you listen to this uh, frequently, you'll know this is my third time on the podcast. So hopefully yes. you can my background in another one but um specifically how i got involved in bell i was a student at winthrop um and right around 2017 2018 um really started to get more engaged in the rock hill community itself you know i started to think about what do i want my life to look like after i graduate and things like that and um i'm sure you guys know tadian page brought me to the table where this group of african-american business owners community leaders um, just activists in the community were getting together and just strategizing, you know, what do we want our community as a whole to look like and how does the African-American community fit into that story? So um, I'm definitely passionate about that with my passion in HR and talent development. Um, obviously, it has a role to play in that and just continue to come to the meetings. We officially decided to um, become an official nonprofit, a 501c3. So um, was a founding member of that organization and currently sit on the board as chair of leadership development and training and as general co-chair for the organization. And Don? Yes, <laughs> yes. So um, we were intentional about wanting to be balanced with some of our more seasoned, I'm not going to say old, <laughs> some of our more seasoned community members and our young people. And um, so having Tating at the table he was just graduating, um, and we, you know, we're kind of like we want to make sure that we. This is an opportunity for us to engage um, people from students from Winthrop. So he brought our Winthrop students to the table. Um, but in terms of my involvement in Bell, it really began with some conversations. My involvement with RTDC. So I've been with Rocket Economic Development Corporation for ten plus years. And um, I served on multiple committees. And at that time, I was on the entrepreneurship committee. And David worked closely with David Warner. And so David was with him when he started the Technology Incubator and then the VMS program, Venture Mentoring Services. And as he was were doing those programs, he and I always had conversations about where are African-Americans, like we're putting these programs together and we cannot seem to get African-Americans engaged. And that just perplexed, perplexed us a lot. And we talked about it often. So then David said, okay, I have lots of people coming in here um, to talk about things. So all of the black business leaders and community leaders, I know I'm just gonna throw y'all in a room and mm -hmm. <laughs> let y'all figure this out and help me. Um, at the time he was putting together his tactics for his portion of the Knowledge Park Action Plan and he asked our group 
to give him some ideas and thoughts around inclusivity and engaging African-American communities. So that ball just got rolling. When we got in that room together, we were like, okay, let's just go off and talk about this some more and started bringing other people to the table. And that began the process of creating Bell. Awesome. Uh, David's actually the person that I first heard uh, Bell from. He was on a podcast a long time ago, but how long has Bell been around? So we started, um, our meeting was, I believe, March 2018th when we had that meeting with David Warner. And like within two weeks, um, we started meeting at one of the, the people who were part of that original group. We started meeting at their home. Um, so 2018 was our first year of getting started. I think our formal 501c3 designation came um, in 2019, like January 2019. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So we have a lot more to get into with Bell, but as you guys know, listeners know, we like to do some fun things. Um, so I'm going to let Matthew take that one away. All right. Yeah. So when we have one guest on, we like to put them on the hot seat and ask a bunch of questions about their life. Uh you know, well, what kind of food is your favorite? Questions like that. So we've done that. But when two guests are on, this, we've done, we like to do two truths and a lie. Because <laughs> instead of trying to spend time on both of you guys and split the 30 seconds that we put on the clock, we'll do two truths and a lie. I want to hear your thought process on why you think it's the lie and why you think the others might be true. So uh, the first one we'll categorize as uh, miscellaneous. And the second one is <laughs> Abraham Lincoln themed. So. Oh, okay. All right. So you have to find out which one is the lie. When pioneers discovered Nevada, they struck a peace treaty with the Reno Indian tribe. The city name Reno, Nevada comes from the Reno Indians. Alaska is the most eastern, western, and northern state in the U.S., with Hawaii claiming the most southern. And Harvard University was founded before calculus was discovered. Hmm. Um, something about number two just sounds wrong. The about the Alaska, Alaska. Yeah. yeah I'm so saying that. Reads that it's the most eastern western and northern state in the U.S. yes so I think that's yeah I mean but now I'm wondering because it doesn't seem like it is it maybe it is <laughs> <laughs> that's that that's the whole point yep but yeah if I had to pick one that one sounds like a lot yeah because wait tell me about Harvard again yes Harvard University was founded before calculus was discovered before, well no I don't mm. believe that I think calculus <laughs> was discovered before Howard I mean before Harvard so that was my guess so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that's the lie, that's the lie. Was, I'm gonna stick with number two it was number one really I made that up <laughs> I know serious? I thought it was so, too detailed too detailed so, Alaska is obviously the most northern state, but thanks to its little islands that come off of the, we'll call it an arm, they mm. stretch right up to the edge of the western hemisphere at the 180 line of longitude and across into the eastern hemisphere. Wow. See, so, I've never known that. Wow. Right. So it's the most eastern <laughs> and western state. And Harvard was established in 1636. It is the oldest institution of higher education, and calculus wasn't discovered until 50 years later. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. We could have just done without calculus. I know. Yeah, we could have left that one out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but I, was, I love math, so I was interested. <laughs> now to our Abraham Lincoln one. All right. A few months before John Wilkes Booth assassinated Lincoln, the president's oldest son, Robert Todd Lincoln, was saved from being hit by a train by Edwin Booth, brother of Lincoln's assassin. Hmm. Abraham Lincoln's uncle, Solomon Merrick, invented the wrench in 1820. And when Abraham Lincoln was nine, his mother died after ingesting poisoned milk. 
Oh. Hmm. Who would poison someone's yeah. mother? <laughs> <laughs> the wrench, you know, that that's probable. The first one sounds probable too. You think? Like kind of crazy I mean, yeah. but probable. Crazy, crazy but, but probable. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking back in that time, they all kind of lived in the same area, so it's not unlikely that right. yeah. these paths could cross. I'm gonna go with three. Final answer. <laughs> I'm just now I'm wondering, like, you know, what was this family like? This one was poison <laughs> the milk. Um, you know, but Abraham Lincoln was kind of out there, so I can imagine like mm-hmm. people not liking him and not yeah. liking their family. So okay, I'm gonna say it's true. I'm gonna say the wrench is it's two truths. Okay. Say the wrench is true, so then that means the the brother of the brother has John to Wilkes be the lie. I'm gonna say that. The lie. lie is the wrench. Oh my god! As simple as that. I know, uh, right? When he, when he was nine, his mother Nancy died of a mysterious milk sickness that swept through Indiana. It was later learned that the strange disease was due to drinking tainted milk. From a cow that had ingested poisonous white snake root. Oh, okay. okay. So it wasn't intentional. Yeah. So okay. Okay. So yeah, the family's not. Yeah. 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 No one's poisoning <laughs> each other. It was an accident. Okay. It was 1800s, but stumped. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> that was I like fun. beef. But yes. now I don't want to eat beef. <laughs> I know. I'm like, could that happen today? It's 1800s. We've come a long way. We have. We have. Okay. Solomon Merrick <laughs> did invent the wrench. It was just in 1835, and he is in no way related oh, to Abraham. Okay. 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 So speaking of learning a lot, um, we're going to get into Bell and what that exactly is. So uh, for those that don't know, Bell stands for Black Economic Leadership League. So can you both just kind of touch on what that means and what is the vision of Bell? So um, what that means, basically, um, again, we talked about the beginning of it was being intentional around how do we get African-Americans plugged in? Um, we all know the statistics um, around there's certain communities within Rock Hill. Um, a lot of focus is placed on the Saluda Corridor because I believe statistically that is the most um, impoverished area, have the lowest um, rate of income. So it was about how do we improve the economy around African-American communities. So in addition to that, we understand that that is a multi-layered solution that includes education is usually at the core of it um, getting good paying jobs um, and then having financial literacy but then even training leadership and teaching ownership of your own life and how do you plug into a community understand your resources and that's where leadership development and training came in and then the business, so those are our three pillars. Workforce development and education is one pillar. Um, leadership development and training is the second pillar. And the third pillar is business uh, development and innovation. Because the other thought is that when you can own your own business, you can own your destiny. So we, you know, Black Economic Leadership League, focusing on the black community, um, improving economics, um, encouraging leadership, and improving the economy around the African-American community. So how does Bell uh, kind of partner with the community here? Yeah, so we um, try to partner with the community in various ways, depending on the organization that we're partnering with. You know, sometimes it's a more strategic partnership. Like when we announced our first big initiative, which was workforce development, um, that was a very strategic partnership with York Technical College to say that we need 
targeted pipelines towards um, trades and different things like that. And so we were able to come together and go into that community and, you know, literally go door to door and business to business and say, you know, who in your organization can you get some training to and they can better their lives through this educational opportunity? We also provided them mentorship through that and that's another level of engagement. So with our mentors, you know, those were just community members, whether they were tied to an organization or not. Um, so that was really our first big win, I would say, in strategic partnership. But then we also do things throughout the year. We've partnered with like um, the Winthrop Small Business Association, um, the Saluda Business Corridor. We're partnering with them currently to work on some things in that side of town, especially related to the Clean Connection Action Plan. Um, but then we also have strategic partners like the city, you know, where we really are looking at what's the city's strategic goals and how can we help them meet some of those um, initiatives in in our areas in our communities. Now, and, I'm sorry. Ahead. Well, I was just going to add. If you look at our our vision statement, it is to be a resource to the city. So we very strategically look at the city's strategic plan and figure out how do we ensure that that the black community is plugged into the city's strategic plan. So that's an important really important partnership now i'm skipping ahead on our sheet a little bit but if i remember you can correct me if i'm wrong early on in bell you guys had the i think then it was the bell x prize initiative mm-hmm. i think now it's just called the bell prize initiative tell me about that what it is what you did and then how that helped launch you guys into the a nonprofit you are today yeah so that was another strategic partnership and it that's my fun story to tell because it literally was you know you had that conversation um in the beginning about being plugged into um the technology incubating vms and one of the challenges when the vms was getting started uh again david wanted i believe to start with 18 businesses and he's he was just pulling his hair out. He's like I do not have one African-American business so I'm calling around and calling around and I, I think I had over 20 people on my list that I knew I talked about that wanted to start businesses and the constant feedback I was getting was oh, I don't think I'm ready I don't think I'm prepared I don't you know they were just nervous and didn't have the confidence to participate in the program so then I started thinking I was like we kind of need a minor league like before mm-hmm. people can feel the confidence to plug into mainstream systems, we need to build up their confidence. So we started talking about a minor league, and then I ran into Lee Gardner, who was a former CEO of a family trust, and I was telling him about the concept, and he was like, oh, I would like to help with that. I really want to help businesses grow or get started. So then he happened to have a, a meeting with Andrew Cope, who owns uh, JM Construction, Cope, uh, JM Cope Construction, and he said, I love that idea too. You know, how about, you know, would it be helpful if I helped you guys out with $100,000 to oh, for wow. that initiative? And was like, okay, <laughs> we don't really have a program yet, but it's really just Absolutely. a concept in our air, air and our head. Usually it's program and then funding. <laughs> right. 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 Funding and then funding program. program. Right, right. I think that speaks very highly on how you guys may have pitched this whole idea yeah. to have bigger businesses and very well-known businesses here in Rock Hill to understand, like, the importance of, you know, black entrepreneurial, like business, everything, business owners, all of that and building the confidence. I think that's huge. Absolutely. And to that point, you know, for us, yes, we want these companies to grow and scale and, 
go on to do amazing things. But also what we found through this Bell Prize program is that a lot of our entrepreneurs are starting businesses to meet needs in our area. Mm-hmm. And when we start to think about what Bell Prize does, we see this different level of investing. And I like to call it impact investing because it's not necessarily that these are going to be your Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. you know, high tech companies, but this could be a lawn care service. You know, we have a um, entrepreneur right now who amazed me with what he talked about in his lawn care service. He said, you know, it's not just having a nice lawn to look at. It's actually about your mental health. And when you go outside and you see something nice, you really like look at your life and look at yourself in a different light. And Mm -hmm. just hearing how they come to these ideas and come to these decisions based on their own lived experiences Mm -hmm. um, really is the impact that I think Bell Price brings. Now, you guys got 100,000 and then did what with it? So every dime of that 100000 went towards a business. So we began a process. Wow. They did have to go to, through a process. So first off, we had, with Bell Prize One, we had a boot camp where we were doing kind of some mind shift work. So they had to read books. They had to do field trips into the city, understand their city resources, the chamber, you know, the SBDC, um, the library. We exposed them to every resource. So they went through a series of boot camps, field trips, projects, presentations, and then they did workshops where they had to build business plans. And we had experts come in from all different fields, so human resources, CPAs, attorneys. So every aspect of the business plan was addressed with an expert in the community. And after they built their business plans, we read them and we selected them, the ones who had the best business plans to do a pitch, and then the pitch was done in front of judges, and we picked winners, and the winners won various amounts of money based on what they asked for in their pitch, um, and that's how we utilized $100,000. We had four winners, and we split the money between them, not evenly, but based on their business plan. So I don't know exact numbers here, but um, I, I feel as though I've seen more minority-owned businesses here in Rock Hill, and I would assume that that would attest much to what you all have done as far as the confidences. Am I correct in assuming that? We don't have any data, but yeah. we feel that too. Right. Like, and we're getting to the point now. Where it's like, okay, we got to quantify this. Mm-hmm. So we do want to get better, more into the statistics. But we absolutely feel that it, a lot of businesses were kind of operating as a hustle mm-hmm. on the side. And only a few people know about it. But now I believe there is, there's a synergy. Iron sharpens iron. And mm-hmm. people are coming above ground and having confidence and, you know, giving things a try. So you have these pop-ups. You have these mobiles. So people are even realizing I don't have to have a whole lot of money to get mm-hmm. things off the ground. And we do attribute it to the energy and the synergy that Bell Prize uh, created. Yeah, absolutely. There's a newfound confidence in being a black entrepreneur in Rock Hill right now um, because you know you have a community and you know you have mentors and resources that are willing and ready to help you and I think that's where Bell plays a big part in just introducing entrepreneurs to these resources that are already out there you know if you are just starting out and you're a mom and pop shop and you don't know how to speak the business language and I put that in air quotes (laughs) because y'all can't see me Um, if you don't know how to speak that business language it can be intimidating going Mm -hmm. into uh, uh, accelerator or going into the SBDC and having that conversation because you're just like, wow, I need a lot of things. And so having Bell kind of be that middleman and be that person to kind of go into those meetings with you um, really has allowed these entrepreneurs to think bigger than what they've been thinking before. So you mentioned York Tech earlier, Cameron, and um, I'm, I'm curious to know what kind of role does Bell play with Clinton Connection? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So, yeah, when um, Clinton Connection Reform was was started, we just came to the table, and I think that speaks to when you talk about partnerships. There's some programs that we create, and then in some spaces we're advocates, and other spaces we're a seat at the table to make sure there's intentionality around the African-American community. So the Clinton Connection Action Plan was one of those situations where we had a seat at the table to help guide intentionality to make sure that as we talked about what does business, what does development as a whole look like in the uh, Saluda Corridor area, um, the areas that the Clinton Connection covers, that there was intentionality around business owners, around business development. And um, and that's how pretty much the Bell Incubator is one of the um, the planned uh, buildings or um, projects to come out of the Clinton Connection Action Plan because we wanted to make sure that there was intentionality around business development. Absolutely. And to that point, you know, we talked about our partnership with the city as part of that incubator, you know, our hope is that workforce development would actually live in the Bell Incubator and housing, you know, the housing mm-hmm. corporation would live in the Bell Incubator because what we've seen is that a lot of the people that they're helping actually live on that side of town. So if we can make it more accessible by moving the people that are helping, you know, these individuals get rental assistance or educational assistance, um, maybe it just creates a better community just by having it in your backyard. You may have mentioned this when we started, so I'm sorry if I forgot. But how how big are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Changes. Yeah, <laughs> but you, I you, mean, you give rough numbers. Yeah, I would say we started out with probably ten. Yeah, and um, I think we just recently grew. We might be at twelve now, but yeah. it's a it's was and. So that's the governing body, right? That's the board. But we have committees and we have subcommittees and partnerships. So it's kind of, you know, we can't say that we're just a board of 10 or 12 people because we utilize other resources so much. So we can't count that number because each project brings different people to the table. Yeah. I will say that we um, do have an email list and that's really how we share a lot of information with people and um, think back in november we i announced to the board that we had hit 500 email subscribers and wow. Wow, you that's know awesome. that's that's big mm-hmm. as just starting you know a couple years ago and already having having the ability to touch that many people especially when we're doing big things like bell prize or saying hey york tech has free education it really helps to have that base to kind of be bat ambassadors for those initiatives um and let bell be that governing body and then we can ring the bell when we have needs. So right. a new project or advocacy need arrange, or emerges, these are 500 people that we are reaching out to say, hey, we need your help, and they come to the table and help. Pun intended? Ring the bell? <laughs> yes, oh, pun intended. Sounds like a like, Ring the bell. Yes. Yeah. Maybe y'all should use that. Anyways, uh, XPRIZE was the, the big one at the beginning, but you guys obviously do more than just that program now. Mm-hmm. What What other things are there? Yeah, so one thing I'm really happy about is just our um, dedication and intentionality about engaging young professionals. And so um, it started with me and Sadian at the table, but I'm happy to announce now we actually have five young professionals sitting on our board that we just inducted um, in January. And so really just showing that it really takes all of us, you know, as Ms. Dawn was saying, we have our seasoned professionals who really can provide that perspective. But a lot of times it's us young professionals who can take their ideas and take their input and value and, you know, put it on social media or spread it to our email subscribers. So it really like we play on each mm-hmm. other because we we know we have a certain skill set and they have a certain perspective. And when you have that synergy together, that's how we really create real impact. So 
Um, we do we are restarting our young professionals group to get more people engaged, not just at the board level, but really just engage in being around other leaders and knowing about the initiatives that the city has going on and the opportunities to really grow your career here and grow your life here. So that's what I'm that's what I'm excited about yeah. right now. And then, so a lot of the work that we do is advocacy as well. So um, in addition, Cameron's leading initiative, we partnered with the city on the Inclusive Tech Expo. And um, we did the first one, and it was phenomenal. So I'm glad to hear that um, Cameron's going to be able to partner with the city again and make the Inclusive Tech Expo. You want to tell them a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So the Inclusive Tech Expo um, really started off so that we could come to the table and say, we have a lot of mom and pop shops, but what are those high scale, high growth companies? And are we exposing our kids and students to enough STEM opportunities and tech opportunities so that they can at least start thinking about that, whether it's a career in technology or a business in technology. And so um, everybody loves that we had DJ Jazzy Jeff at our first <laughs> Inclusive Tech Expo. Yeah. And he really talked about um, you know how the music industry has changed because of technology. And then on the flip side of that, we had um, Joel Burke Solomon, who's the head of Google for startups, um, actually come in and talk to about 50 mm -hmm. or so decision makers in the area, um, spreading all different industries and things like that. Talk about what it means to truly build an in inclusive tech expo and what we can be doing at the city level in our own personal organizations um, to really build that community. And so excited that we'll be doing that again this November, um, talking to a lot of players across the state to just see, you know, what is out there, even though this is a Rock Hill focus, there's a lot of things going on around the state and in regards to tech and how can we at least share that information through this opportunity. So some of the different initiatives that you guys have mentioned um, are, are great. Can you kind of touch on the community healing initiative? Sure. So the Community Healing Initiative, again, I think people are starting to see Bell as a resource um, when there are issues involving um, economics and equity um, in the African-American communities. So when the George Floyd incident happened, we all knew we were all kind of shaken with that and people really didn't know how to begin to have conversations. And um, so uh, some people came together. I know um, Anita Case, who is the uh, director of Affinity Help, she had been involved in a program called Racial Equity Institute where all of her staff had gone through that training. And it's a training that Charleston used when um, they were trying to heal after the shooting with the church. Um, so she came back raving about that program. And I know she was telling the mayor about it. So when people started going to the mayor saying, what can we do? How can we begin to heal as a community? Um, he pointed people to Anita, so um, and Anita and I got together, and then Andrew Cope again was interested in what he could do. So we came to the table, and we brought some of our Bellboard members to the table, and then basically we began to sponsor um, trainings around racial equity. And that particular training is a two-day, eight hours for two days, so sixteen-hour mm -hmm. intensive training, just factual information about how our um, our society has evolved you know over time and where the inequities happen from a factual historical basis and we can tell that people were really enlightened by that and then they felt safe about having conversations so after you go through the training we then do coffee and conversations where now people can talk about that experience and we create a safe place to do that. So that's been a phenomenal experience. So our goal with Community Healing Initiative is to basically try to do four trainings um, each year 
and we have had four. We'll do the next one, and we get different companies to sponsor. York Technical College is sponsoring the next one, which will be in April. Um, but Founders Founders Credit Union um, has sponsored. Clinton College has sponsored. Williamson Fudge has sponsored. So it's just been a great way for people to come together, businesses to say, we too want to have this discussion and understand more and just come together to, to do the training. I think it's special because you're mentioning a lot. A lot of people might see Bell as, okay, business owners, you know, um, entrepreneur type status, but it's not really just centered around businesses. It's really kind of about the uplift of the black community here in Rock Hill. Like, yes, you can do anything. Maybe you're not a business owner, but like you can come to us. Right. Right. Essentially. Right. To to get your life together and figure out (laughs) how do you plug in? How do you go to the next level? Think people just sometimes don't know where to go, especially after high schools. Mm -hmm. You know, we just assume that people go from high school to college or high school to work or to the military and they have it all figured out. And um, those are educational, intellectual experiences. But who helps you manage your life? Who helps you plug into a city, which, mm-hmm. you know, the Winthrop students really helped us understand that when Cameron talked about when she graduated, she was thinking about, OK, I was on this campus. Now do I plug into this city? And Bell just gave an on ramping to helping um, them plug into the city. So how does one get involved in doing that um, as far as maybe they see something on social media or come across the website, but how do they reach out to you guys to get started? Yeah, absolutely. So best place to start is to go to our website and actually at the bottom, you can subscribe to our email list. That's probably the easiest way to start getting our emails weekly and information sent to you guys. And then once you, you know, if you come across something that you really want to get involved in, we can point you to one of our three committee chairs or committees and who's really working on that project. And if you want to get further involved that way, you can. We're actually hoping to implement a true membership model this year um, to really help build our capacity now that we've expanded our board and we're really clear on what our goals are and how we fit into this city narrative um we want to bring other people into to the table and say you know how can you bring your skills to help bell develop and then help our community develop so we know where you started and we know where you <laughs> are where do you hope to go Ooh, the incubator yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're looking at a part of the clinton connection action plan was to create there's a vision for a bell incubator for economic and social impact and Cameron explained that, you know, pretty well. But that's our next big thing where we actually have a physical space where people know any, you know, we plan to be open into the night so that people know that this is where you can come. This is a hub for brain work, mm-hmm. figuring things out and being around like-minded people who are also trying to figure their life out. So we just see this hub where it's just kind of a think tank hangout but there'll also be space where people can put on programming on that on the saluda side of town on the south side of town there's no real venue Mm -hmm. so we plan to have a venue there um, a place where people can check out laptops you know people their laptops crash and they can't just run out and buy a new one you can go Mm -hmm. to bell incubator so bell incubator will be this place where you can go and still get work done it's where mom can go she's working at day and going to school at night and she can come to the Bell Incubator and have a space and ask people questions. And we just envision lots of people being in that space, just doing the work on their lives. So with that, what assistance does Bell need moving forward? Mm, Good question. So I definitely think we 
are looking for, well, always looking for financial assistance. Like I think that really allows us to go into these spaces and provide true impact. Because if you think about the um, uh, artificial barriers that are sometimes there for getting involved in these programs, you know, if you're going to school or going to work during the day, you can't attend some of these meetings that happen, you know, at 12 p.m. or 2 p.m. And so um, really like, going towards that bell incubator mm-hmm. space will allow us to stay open at night and provide those same services to people who might traditionally can't get them where they are in their lives now. Um, but then honestly, beyond the financial aspect, um, capacity, just helping people helping us. So like right now we are trying to build all of our committees. Most of our committees <laughs> are the chair and the co-chair and it's two or three people really just putting their foot to the ground and doing the work because they love it. Uh, but we don't want ourselves to get burnt out. So we right. need other people to come on. I'm ready to see the next Cameron come yes. in and the next Tavian <laughs> yeah. come in and Deandra and Shaquelle and William and Shane and all the all the young people we have. I'm ready to see our next uh, group come in and kind of help us figure out how we can let our older, older and seasoned folks, you know, go and have their true retirement. Yes, pass the baton and <laughs> yeah, learn right, how to right. retire. Absolutely. But we also need mentors um, yep. in a program for our workforce development initiatives, for our business development um, initiatives. When those folks graduate from the program, the learning doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. And we um, we want to be begin to pair them. And Lee Gardner has been phenomenal um, but he is retired, <laughs> and I'm sure his wife is kind of like, uh, you still seem to be as busy as you were before. Right. So, you know, he does a phenomenal job giving up his time, but we need more Lee Gardners mm-hmm. um, that are willing to just let meet with someone over coffee and say, you know, I'm having this problem today and, and help them think through it. So that's a, a huge need as well. And we need grant writers, you know, yeah. anyone that's willing to come on <laughs> right. and just do that research around grants, that will be helpful as well. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this podcast kind of is that portal for you guys to yes. maybe if get If you're a data person, yes. come on over. Yes, <laughs> we need data people. We want to start doing research and putting some statistics and data together to yeah. help us understand the impact that we're having numerically and statistically as well as what are the true needs. Mm-hmm. Anything else that we missed? No, you can get connected with us um, on Facebook. We are Bell of Rock Hill on Instagram at Bell of Rock Hill. And then our website, www.bellofrockhill.com. And don't forget bellprize.com. And bellprize.com. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, this is incredible what you guys are doing. And I am sure we will have you on later to discuss yes. even more that you guys are doing. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.